analyze what's gone right and what's gone wrong, right? There, there's not always a reason, but at the same time, you can still look back and reflect and say, hey, okay, what, what happened here? Can I learn something from it? Can I take something from that and move forward? It's no secret that real estate is one of the best investment vehicles out there, but how can we determine which strategies will best align with our financial ambitions? Well, you've come to the right spot. Whether you're an active real estate entrepreneur, a passive investor, or looking to get into real estate investing, our goal is to provide investors with insights and strategies for building our portfolios all while protecting our capital. I'm Daniel Nichols, and this is the Two Smart Assets Real Estate Investing Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different, and actually, I'm going to be sharing with you five things I learned while training for an Ironman that can also be applied for success in everyday life. So before we jump into all the goods, though, I'm going to give you a little bit of context of why I decided to do an Ironman and what the impetus was for that. So back at the end of 2022, I actually read the book, The Comfort Crisis by Michael Easter. And uh, a great book, by the way, if you haven't checked out this book, highly recommend it. I mean, I started with it on Audible and then actually bought the physical book. It was so good. That's how much I got out of it. So highly recommend that book. But a lot of this book was about embracing discomfort to to really expand and grow uh, as a better person, as a better individual, right? And so one of the main themes that I took away from this was the profound benefits of doing something extremely physically challenging, something you don't even think you can accomplish. And so, you know, this was actually something that I was already looking to do in my life. Uh, for those that don't know, like, you know, I'm, I love doing physical activity, uh, lifting weights is one of the, I mean, I do that every day, right? I love, I love hiking. I love doing all that kind of stuff. I played sports, uh, you know, when I was younger, all of that good stuff. Right. And so, but I was actually in the process of looking for something new, something more challenging, something different, something I've never done. And, uh, so reading this book and kind of getting that idea was, it, it was just added to the fire. Right. And so, you know, I decided, okay, I'm going to move forward with this. I got to pick something and I'm going to do it, right? And so I was looking around, what am I going to do? Am I going to run a marathon? Am I going to, you know, I didn't know. And so finally I landed on doing a triathlon, right? Because it's something I'd never done before. It's something I never even considered doing before. I knew it was going to be tough, um, you know, considering my my work schedule and all this other stuff, right? It was going to be tough to get this in, especially in the time allotted. So I picked the race, I had the location down and I had four months to train for this thing. But um I really didn't know where to start. Uh, you know, it was there was a lot to do, and I hadn't didn't have any experience with any of this. So I actually, again, got kind of lucky. And a guy that I was talking to uh, about investing, um, you know, he actually um, had done the same race or a similar race um, before, and he successfully completed it. And uh, we started talking about it, you know, and I told him about my interest, and he actually offered to kind of coach me through this process uh, from beginning to end, right? And I, man, so lucky. Shout out to Austin Lindsay for this, man. You know, couldn't have done this without him. He was there every step of the way. Um, and this is really the benefit of hiring a coach or a mentor, right? And uh, I'll probably actually end up doing uh, a whole podcast episode on this, but, you know, the benefits of having a coach or a mentor, especially if you're trying to really uh, accelerate progress of an achievement, you know, and, and how you can actually leverage people's experience and knowledge to actually get something done a lot faster. So I'll, I, again, I'll do another episode on that, uh, for sure. But, um, but for this episode, you know, I had, I got a coach and, you know, we started laying out the basic plan, the training plan, the nuances with my work schedule and how it was going to fit and what issues might run into. And then also started, you know, getting all the equipment, how to get a bike. You know, I didn't have a road bike. I didn't have any of the swimming stuff. Um, 
And so there was a lot, there was a, a big learning curve for me, right? I didn't know anything about the training. And so a lot of learning, uh, but we were off and running, right? We had, uh, we had the initiative and, and the, and the vision to get it done. So um, a little bit about myself too, uh, before diving into this, you know, growing up when I was in high school, I played soccer, I ran cross country. So I had a bit of a running background. I wouldn't say anything, um, incredible, right. I wasn't going to college for running or anything like that, but I ha had this aptitude for running. And, um, so I knew that that wasn't going to be as challenging as the rest of the things. Right. But what I found out very quickly was that, I was going to have to get way out of my comfort zone more than I ever anticipated going into this thing to actually get it done. Right. And so, like I said, good with running, didn't really foresee too many issues with the running thing, but that was not the case with swimming or biking. So obviously knew how to ride a bike. Um, but I haven't done any biking before that in a very long time and I'd never been on a road bike. And so I knew this is going to take a, a lot of getting out of my comfort zone and stuff like that on the bike. But then the swim was a whole nother level of uh, discomfort, right? Getting in a pool, like I could swim, uh, obviously, um, you know, doggy paddle and tread water, but uh, swim for any side type of distance, never done that in my life. And so, you know, what I found was, you know, as I got into the biking, um, it was just very foreign to me, right? You're getting on a bike. You're wearing these super tight shorts with a pad in the back, right? And, you know, you're basically sitting on a bike for hours and hours at a time pedaling and you're getting saddle pains and all this kind of stuff, right? It's actual physical discomfort. Um, but it's also kind of weird, like wearing the the bike get up, you know, the the tights and all this stuff. It was that was very uncomfortable for me as well. And then getting into the swimming, right? So I had to basically had to start at zero with the swimming. Um, it was, you know you know, doing drills, like very, very basic drills, floating drills and stuff like this, wearing a snorkel, um, doing, you know, fins, having a paddle board, all this stuff. Right. And so it was very hard to even just get in the pool the first time, let alone, you know, have a bag of pool toys that I had to take with me everywhere. And so I found that getting into this triathlon training, it was basically just discomfort every day, whether it's physical, mental, whatever. I really had to get out of my comfort zone for this. And, um, and it was, it was painful. I, I mean, that's just no way else to say it. it. It was painful, but it helped me grow as a person. So like now, like I could go jump in a pool. Could I swim, you know, 10 miles or something? No, probably not, you know, but I could get out there and actually just jump in a pool, be confident enough to jump in a pool and, and, and take off. Same with a, with a road bike, right? You know, I could, if you know, if you got my bike with me, if you, you clip in and take off and, you know, I'm going to be much more confident now than I ever was before this. Right. And so the thing is, is going through this whole experience or, you know, reminding me about, you know, being uncomfortable and doing uncomfortable things and how much better you feel after achieving, right? Because you put up this mental roadblock. And the same thing applies to, you know, whether you're building a business, you're investing or, or, or podcasting. So for example, like for me, for like uh, when I started this podcast, it was incredibly out of my comfort zone to do a podcast, to get on here, to record myself, to listen to myself, you know, and critique myself and actually put content out there uh, for other people to listen to. Man, it was uh, way out of my comfort zone, but we did it. And I learned a lot from it. And I've gotten so much from the process of podcasting, especially from, you know, talking to other investors, learning from them and, and sharing experiences. Like it, it was, it's been invaluable. Right. And the same thing goes with, uh, investing, you know, when I first started, uh, real estate investing, uh, I was buying single family properties. Right. And it was great, but I found it wasn't the best 
the best strategy for me at the time, you know, working, working, uh, almost spending almost time working in the oil field. I was gone on the road a lot. And so the thing that I decided to do was actually pivot into, uh, passive real estate syndication investing, being an LP. And that was way out of my comfort zone, right? Cause you know, you get into that first deal and you have to to wire a fifty thousand dollar check to somebody who you really don't know, right? Uh, it's not like you're giving it to your to your dad or your brother or something like that. It's it's nothing like that or your best friend. This is somebody you know you don't have a, a very long relationship with, and so getting out of that comfort zone and sending that fifty thousand dollar wire was it was it was crazy at first, but looking back at it now, I'm so glad I did that, right? I'm so glad that I got on my comfort zone. And did that and move forward because it's changed my investing strategy completely for the better, right? And it's been it's been a great ride ever since. But so that's one of the things that I got out of, of training for an Ironman is getting out of your comfort zone. You're going to have to do it, right? You're going to have to do it for success. If you want to achieve, you're going to have to do it with training. You're going to have to do it in your everyday life. This is just something you're going to do if you want to uh, to achieve, right? And so moving on from that, what I found was, you know, as I'm going through these, I'm having this getting out of my comfort zone. I'm getting out of my comfort zone. I'm I'm practicing or training basically every day, right? Uh, what I found out really fast was some days would be awesome, right? Because I'm learning something and I'm and I'm really pushing myself, and it's like, man, that was hard, but man, I feel so good afterwards. But then there were days that were like really bad, like beating myself up, a lot of negative self talk, and. Um, you know, it was very discouraging because you want to be making progress every time you go out and do something, right? You don't want to, you know, take one step forward and two steps back, or at least it feels that way, right? And I found that a lot, especially with the swimming, um, with the triathlon training. Uh, the swimming portion was really tough for me. Um, you know, get out there, start doing drills. And I ended up doing drills for weeks and I felt like no progress was being made. You know, I didn't really do any swimming at that point. I was just trying to get, you know, floating technique and my stroke down and the breathing and all that stuff. And then finally, when I actually got into doing uh, swimming, um, it was very challenging. And some days I would make what seemed to be great progress. And some days it would be like it never the progress never happened. So for example, um, at the time I was working in the oil field and I was actually having to switch different areas, right? So I'd have to go to one a pool, certain pool one day, and then I have to go to a different pool the next day, right? And so um, I was in... Um, West Texas, and I uh, was doing some swimming, and that day I did about 500 yards, and this was the longest I had ever swam continuously, and I felt ecstatic, right? I was so happy. Um, it was it was pretty incredible, right? And this was in a 25 yard uh, length pool, and so, um, again, felt great. Uh, I loved it, and um, I don't know. It was it was just really cool, uh, and I was actually really enjoying it. And then I went to the next day, I was like, okay, so I need to double up. I need to do better than this. I need to do a thousand yards the next day. And so I actually had to go to a different pool. It was in New Mexico. And uh, I got there and this was a much longer pool. I think it was a hundred yard pool. Um, I think that's correct. And anyway, so I went in there. I was super excited to get into this pool and, and do this training. And I think I got in a hundred yards and I was just dead. Like I, I was making no progress. It was a very bad day. I was super discouraged. In fact, I got out of the pool after about 200 yards and I just left. That's how bad it was. I was super discouraged. And I'm thinking to myself, like, listen, if I can't even, if I can't even, you know, progress and swim this distance, how am I ever going to do the actual race, the actual triathlon? Because swimming is the first portion of it, right? And so move on for that day. The next day, 
uh, still discouraged. I'm back in West Texas, but I knew I had to get in that pool because you can't just give up. You got to go, you know, I'm signed up for this race. I'm going to be there. I'm going to do it. I need to get in this pool and, and train. And so got in the pool. I was nervous. I was very nervous because I didn't know what to expect and started swimming. And it's just like something clicked and I'm not sure what it was, but something clicked. And uh, I actually went out for 2000 yards that day and it was the longest I'd ever swim continuously. And I, again, once again, I was absolutely ecstatic. And, uh, but the main thing that I took away from this is that, you know, whether you have good days or bad days, you're going to have, you're going to have both of these, right? You're going to have good and bad days, but what you take away from both is what's important. What you learn from a, a good day is just as important as what you learn from a bad day. So, you know, when I, when I had that, that bad swimming day, I try to reflect on and say, hey, you know, what what happened there? What could have gone wrong and how could I have uh, performed better, right? And uh, it's the same thing with the 2,000-yard day, the day that I had that I swam the longest continuously that I ever had at that point. And it's like, okay, what happened that day that made me perform so well, right? And what can I improve or what can I take away from that and apply to the next one? And, you know, this really this really applies to just about everything, right? To everyday life. You're going to have good days. You're going to have bad days. And I think it's important. A lot of, or I know that I haven't in the past really taken the time to, to really analyze what's gone right and what's gone wrong, right? There, there's not always a reason, but at the same time, you can still look back and reflect and say, Hey, okay, what, what happened here? Can I learn something from it? Can I take something from that and move forward? And so, you know, from the, these events, these days that I had with the uh, training for the triathlon, these good and bad days, right. Uh, I learned so much. And I think the same thing can be applied to everyday life, right. As long as we're paying attention, you have to take the time to sit back and reflect and, uh, and, and kind of move forward from there positively and, and, and make progress. Right. And so this kind of rolls into the next thing, you know, what I found was at the time I was working in the oil field, right? I was working a, a two week on two week off schedule. And this really wasn't the best environment tra for triathlon training because it did everywhere I was um, located, whether it was in West Texas or New Mexico or wherever, right? Uh, there wasn't always a great place to train, right? Like I needed a bike, I needed a pool and I needed to be able to run, but you know, not every place had a pool or maybe it wasn't convenient, right? And not every, especially not every place uh, had a bike. I actually ran into a lot of troubles with finding places that actually had uh, even a decent type of bike to ride. A lot of them were the the stationary ones with the grandma seat. You know, you're sitting straight up. It wasn't it wasn't great. But um, so it was di very difficult um, for me to actually find the right environment for this uh, with my two week on two week off schedule. And in fact, when I first started um, uh, this training, I didn't think I was going to be able to find a pool for the two weeks while I was working. And so. I started the training and uh, when I was at home for the two weeks, I'd swim, you know, three to five times a week, um, get in as much training as possible. And I figured I was just going to front load this for the two weeks that I was gone. So I would skip two weeks while I was gone. And then when I get back, I'd start training again. But what I found out very quickly was, especially in the beginning, that was not going to work. Right, I had to be much more consistent than that, um, especially if you're if you're trying to uh, build a new skill and really make it stick. Uh, no, two weeks off was not going to work, especially with the frequency I needed to be in the pool. And so, I ended up finding a pool, and then I just stuck to three to five days, typically more like five days a week in the pool um, because I was really nervous about being able to swim the the race distance when when the time came. Um, 
but I got to tell you, as soon as I was able to be consistent in the pool, that's when I started making gains um, for the most part. And it was, it was tough. It was still tough. Even if I was in there five days a week, it was absolutely tough. But you know, once you start, once you start um, basically doing these things every day or every other day or whatever, right. You really start building this momentum and you could see it kind of happening every day. Again, you have good and bad days, but you could see this momentum building uh, and that kind of thing that I like to take that from and apply it to to everyday life or investing is is basically compounding, right? You want to be able to take these events and then and then keep building on them, right? So the sooner you start and the frequency and the amount in which you're, you're able to contribute, whether that be you know investment or training or whatever, it's going to make a huge difference. And so the thing that I learned from this uh, uh, from that triathlon training that can be applied to everyday life is you got to be consistent, whether it's just, maybe you're just in the gym, you know, or whatever, or maybe you're learning a new skill, or maybe you're, you're at work and you're wanting to get a promotion, or maybe you're just working on investing or building a business, all of these things. You have to be able to, you have to be able to be consistent and, and really just keep pushing every, every, every day, even on the days you don't want to, right? So being consistent is absolutely critical, uh, not only for training for something physical, uh, but also for, basically everyday life. And so, you know, rolling into this, uh, <laughs> I was, I was being consistent and with the training and moving forward. But, uh, one thing that I was completely missing was how I was fueling my body. It, I just had no plan for it. I wasn't, I wasn't, um, I wasn't, tr- you know, trained to do this. I had no idea how to move forward. Luckily I had, uh, my coach there who kind of, uh, put me through, uh, the process and show me what, how I need to be uh, hydrating and, and fueling and all that stuff. Right. So it was very obvious on uh, the really long days too. So say you have to be um, on the bike for three and a half hours, four hours, right? Well, you know, you get into the second hour and if you didn't fuel uh, properly, you were in big trouble. Right. And so I found that very quickly, whether it was with my energy levels or just being exhausted and exact, actually, um, what I found was a big issue was cramping, uh, especially when I got to the run, right? So if I wasn't getting enough electrolytes in, if I wasn't fueling properly uh, with nutrition, all that kind of stuff, I was really failing. My body was just failing. It was basically shutting down, didn't want to do any of this. Um, it was just, it was very tough. So I had to make fueling a priority. And it wasn't just like I had to fuel that day or hydrate that day, right? You had to do it consistently again, there again with the consistency. But um, what I found was, and the correlation I was able to apply to everyday life is this really applies to everything that you do day to day, right? If 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 you're if you're not fueling, if you're not hydrating properly, if you're eating just crap all the time, you're going to be lethargic, and you're not going to be able to perform properly or to be able to achieve anything um, at your highest potential. And so, um, despite you know this being an extreme case of fueling and hydrating and making sure you have all this stuff uh, for triathlon training, you know I think this really applies to everyday life. Uh, if you're not make, if you're not considering this to be super important in what you're doing day to day, I think you're leaving a lot on the table um, in terms of performance, and you'd be able to do a, a lot better if if you really focus making sure you're hydrating, making sure you're getting the right nutrients, you're eating, um, you know somewhat healthy, at least, you know, I mean, I'm not perfect. I still, I still go for, you know, pizza all the time. I mean, I love pizza. Right. And so, um, it's not like you're going to be perfect every day, but you definitely want to optimize as much as you can. So, uh, how you fuel your body and your mind is, is super key, uh, when it comes to whether you're training for triathlon or just everyday life. And so 
moving on, and this is really the, like the kind of the last point that I want to make uh, about this. But you know, when I got into the triathlon training, I had this I had this idea of what the training would be like. Like it would be. I don't know, just like this glorious event, right? Like I'm out there training, like it's Rocky or something, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, got this log on my back and I'm going through snow and it's going to be, you know, just intense. Right. And it's going to be awesome. And I'm going to be huffing and puffing and it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. I was super pumped for it. But what I finally, what I found out was that initial impression was completely wrong. Uh, most of the training is done. Uh, they, so they have different heart rate zones, but most of the training for, uh, Ironman is done in a very low heart rate zone. And so, which basically means it's like, you're not putting out a ton of effort. Um, and so they do this because you get the benefit of building endurance while also leaving enough in the tank to kind of train every other day or every day or whatever, right. You need to be able to keep pushing and building and all of this stuff. But if you're if you spend all your energy and one day don't have anything left for the rest of the week, you're going to be in trouble and you're not going to be able to get in the miles and all that stuff to really build the endurance. So a lot of the exercise for triathlon training is incredibly slow and at times very boring. Right. Um, and so I kind of had to change my strategy because I was getting super hyped up before, before my sessions, right. Whether it's a run or a swim or a bike, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to dominate all this stuff. But the truth was, is listen, you get into an hour of that and you're just smoked, right? And you're just trying to conserve and make sure you get through this four hour exercise, right? And so uh, what I like to, how I like to look at it with the training was, is, you know, you're going to have to do a lot of low and slow boring stuff, right? And I, I equated it to like, let's say we're building a house, right? And you got to start with the foundation. And the foundation was, you know, very slow stuff. You're not pushing it too hard. All of all of these kind of exercises, you're getting the basics down, right? Whether it's uh, your stroke for swimming, or it's building a cadence for the bike, or a cadence with the run, or you know, just getting your legs underneath you, right? And then, and then as you're constructing this house, or as you're training, it's like building the rest of the house, like brick by brick, right? Brick by brick. And so um, every exercise is like another brick. So. Again, it's like creating this momentum. Like you do an exercise. Yeah, it was super slow and it wasn't exciting, but it's another brick in the wall. It's another brick. It's another brick to the building. You do that day after day after day. And sometimes you're doing, you know, all the disciplines in one day, whether it's bike, swim and run. And so um, you're just building these bricks. You're building these bricks and all that work every brick is getting you closer to that finished product right to that moment where everything culminates where everything you've 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 learned and you experience can be applied and i think for me what i took away from that experience was that this really can apply to anything you're trying to 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 achieve right uh, whether you know as an investor a business owner a w2 employee it's about building the skills and gaining the experience so you can take massive massive action when the time comes, right? And so there's this there's this old war saying, I'm sure you guys have heard it, but it says, war is long periods of boredom punctuated by moments of sheer terror. So, okay, we're not at war and nothing's, you know, nothing's that scary that we're talking about right now. But I think a, a lot, I, I like that saying because, you know, a lot of this training uh, for the Ironman was low and slow, you know, it was, it was kind of boring, right? But, um, but it was 
but every once in a while you have to do something uh, that was actually really tough, like a, like a, like a test or a more than a tempo run. You're actually like pushing the limits. You're actually doing like sprints and stuff like that. Right. And uh, this is just adding to your basically like your training uh, tool belt to get you ready for the race. And all of that stuff was super important. I think that applies to whether again, building a business or, or investing. I know a lot of for investors out there, a lot of this stuff is really uh, like, slow investing, right? And it's all about compounding interest and all that stuff. So whether you're investing in stocks or you're an LP investor in real estate syndications, or you're just buying single family rentals, right? You always want to be going faster. But the truth is, as long as you're consistent and you're moving forward, even if it is uh, low and slow, you're gaining the knowledge and experience and the skills for when something crazy happens or something, you know, really momentous happens, right? And so, by doing, uh, you know, this work in the trenches or the unexciting stuff, you're really building building the skills that allow you to thrive when opportunity presents itself. And you know, there's this, there's this, uh, there's this saying: uh, "Luck is where preparation meets opportunity." Um, and I think that you know we do want to get lucky, but you know, being prepared, and then when opportunity comes, you're basically like forcing this luck, right? And so I think that that's something taken away um, that I really liked. And I, you know, a big takeaway for me for, from the Ironman training was, yeah, a lot of this is slow and kind of boring, but a lot of that is the same with, you know, business building or, or investing or anything like that. Right. It, you gotta be patient and you gotta put in the work and you gotta do the stuff that's unexciting and kind of ugly. So that's, that's, those are some of the the lessons that I learned from Ironman training that I like to apply in everyday life. Uh, I know I've applied these to my life. I hope you can apply them to yours as well. So push your limits, get out of your comfort zone, reflect, uh, uh, reflect on and learn from the good and bad equally. Consistency creates momentum. How you feel about your body and mind is key and embrace the boring work. Um, you know, so this will have you ready when the, when the time counts. So those are five things I learned from Ironman training that I hope you can apply to your life. Um, again, we're going to hope, hopefully I'll be putting out some more episodes like this. Uh, um, I hope you guys got something out of it as well. Uh, but if you guys like this, let me know. Um, but until then, we'll see you on the next one. Hey, real quick, before we get out of here, do me a huge favor and leave a rating and review for the podcast. We're always looking to bring you guys the best insights and strategies for building our real estate portfolios and your ratings and reviews really help with getting top guest speakers that are the best in the real estate investing business. I promise this will only take you a few seconds and I'd really appreciate it. Thanks for being awesome, guys. Cheers.